What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Brad Hawkins, and calling all the way from his hacienda in Monticello, Indiana, is Nathan Planiga. Thanks for calling in, Nate. Hey, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. And to all of our listeners, welcome to episode number 352. Tonight we'll be talking about Quentin Tarantino's ninth film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But first, I want to remind everyone that you can find us on AdventuresInVideoLand.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. Also, we are critics with attitude, which means sometimes we say inappropriate things. So if you're easily offended, this might not be the podcast for you. And spoilers, if you have not seen Hollywood, then pause this episode and come back later because we are going to ruin this movie. <laughs> All right, Nate, we are both big Tarantino fans, probably two of the biggest in our circle. Uh, my son's name's Quentin because... Well, because I'm a fan. <laughs> so Tarantino's ninth film, man, when he's supposedly only making 10, this is a big fucking deal. Yeah, it is. Man, I put this review off for as long as I could, man. I put it off for a couple days. I'm glad I put it off. I watched it a second time, and I think I came away with a, just a greater appreciation for what he's trying to do. Um, I do have some issues. Again, this is his ninth film, so I am critical about every single fucking frame. <laughs> but man, what did you think, man? Did you like this movie? I really, I really did, Brad. Um, I, I, I have only seen it once so far. I plan on seeing it again. Uh, I, yeah, I really liked it, man. I, I don't want to get too deep into kind of like where it places for me in the in the, in the you know, ranks because we're going to do a, a Quentin Tarantino marathon. I, I'm, I'm glad that you know we take a little bit of time before we do the review because I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like I, I left thinking like, I like it, but I kind of really think about, you know, there's a lot of stuff to unpack. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you right now where this fits. You know, I know we're trying to, to keep away from that because of that marathon we're doing, but I don't even know if I could tell you where, where it fits in his nine right now. Yeah. Same. Man, but it's, it's going to sound tonight, Nathan, like I did not enjoy this movie. Okay. But I did. <laughs> All right. You're probably going to hear a lot of butts. Tonight, all right? Right. <laughs> I right. do think it's overly long. You know, two hours and 45 minutes. I mean, that's a that's a lot of movie. And uh, all of his films are long, you know, but they all have some sort of traditional narrative, if that makes sense. You know, some sort of crime through line or something. And uh, this one here for me, um, Hollywood, is just about these two guys fading into obscurity, which, again, you know, was better on a second viewing. Um, and then you have the Colt Manson plot which I felt just was kind of tacked on. I remember sitting in the theater and thinking, where the fuck is all this going? Because like when you're watching Jackie Brown, it's about a bag of money. You know, it's about Jackie Brown's, you know. With this, I was like, "What? where the fuck is all this going? Did you feel like that at all? A, a little bit, yeah. I, I definitely feel like, you know, there was, God, you're an, you're an hour and a half into the movie or so, you know what I mean? And I think it was about the time where they go out to the, to the, to the stall ranch, you know what I mean? When it's like, where the fuck is this going? <laughs> like, right? What is the point of this? Um, where it's like I'm enjoying it, but I really don't. I really don't know what's happening now. Once it had finished, though, I, I liked it. I, I okay. really did. You know, because I feel like it's the whole film is really this slow collision course. You know what I mean? Where all these characters are going to meet up at the end, and it's. I do appreciate it afterwards, but at the time, yeah, it does feel a little bit. Like, 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 where's this going? Yeah, and again, know? like with Jackie Brown, you know, it's uh, the, the narrative is a con. You know, Pulp Fiction, there's that, that crime through line. Right. So you kind of know what you're in for, at least where you're kind of heading. 
And in this, I was just like, man, I looked at my wife, I think twice. I think it was like the hour mark and like the two hour mark. And then at the six hour mark, <laughs> I'm like, seriously, where are we going here, man? But uh, there's a few Rick scenes, you know, that I think you could probably trim down to maybe like five minutes. I don't know if you feel that same way, but they ended up going on for like 15 or 20. And on a second viewing, it it was all a little bit better and a little bit tighter. But still, man, I think you can trim 30 minutes at least off. And I think it would just be a a tighter experience with that said though this is an original movie man i can't think of anything else that really feels like this and you know original is hard to come by man did you think that you could trim like 30 minutes off of this i don't know that you could and, 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 and I'm, I'm kind of the opposite okay. i don't i don't mind the length and i didn't feel i don't personally feel like it's overly long i know that there's there's plenty of there's plenty of film that got cut you know what i mean um yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I don't know what I would cut. Um, Did you honestly, feel like some of the Rick I, scenes I, not, were long? I'm sorry. Did you feel like some of the Rick scenes were long? I mean, where he's, uh, you know, going and he's, he's doing the Western movies, or did you, did you really like those scenes? No, I was really, I was really into it, and, and I'll tell you why, Brad. Um, we had talked not long ago about um, uh, Deadwood. Mm-hmm. And and you was you was don't you feel like it's kind of wheel spinny and you know the story's not going anywhere and I said like and and I remember what I what I had said to you and I feel the same way about this is like I just want I'm just immersed you know what I mean I'm just I just like spending time with the characters yeah uh, and and I feel kind of the same way about Once Upon a Time in in Hollywood where you know I, I mean every scene and even if it's long like you're learning about who these characters are and I feel like that's a big and that's a big part of every Tarantino film. I think that's that's why you have these overly long conversations at a, at a cafe in you know uh, Reservoir Dogs. You know, it's it has it serves nothing in in terms of the plot. You just learn about who these characters are. Yeah, I think and, I felt it the most with Rick though, because uh, you know he's the star that's fading from obscurity. You know, or fading into mm-hmm. obscurity, and I felt like some of those scenes you just could have been trimmed down to like five minutes instead of those 15 or 20, and I would still get the gist. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But no, I no, all, all of Tarantino's movies are long, though. You know, and that's part yeah, of the I think package. There's, there's fat. You know what I'm saying? Like, is there fat you could trim off? Certainly. Uh-huh. But I think it's the fat that makes a Tarantino film, I but, think, yeah, well, know, in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Uh, but then you look back at, like, old school Reservoir Dogs. I think that movie, because, you know, we're doing our marathon, and I was trying to look at... You know, which one I should start with first if I have the time, you know, because like all of them are three hours, you know, and I right. think that Reservoir Dogs is only an hour and a half, you know, and I, th- I think that's probably feels like one of his tighter movies. You know, thinking it back on does, Reservoir yeah. Dogs, and I don't think Pulp Fiction is that long either. Mm-hmm. And then it all goes back to, you know, like uh, Sally Menke was his editor, and I think she died like right at the beginning of Inglorious Bastards, and, you know, with Kill Bill, you're getting two long movies anyway, you know? Sure, so it's just yeah. kind of curious to see, or to, to think back, like, when did he start getting so long-winded? Was it before or after Sally, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, no, but yeah, that's but that's part of the package, man. Um, So let me ask you this, though. So Tarantino has said he wanted to retire before he makes old man movies. Have you heard him say that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think Hollywood feels like an old man Tarantino movie. And that's not a diss. You know, that's not a diss at all. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets best director this year at the Oscars, or at least uh, gets he gets nominated. But uh, this, this feels different. It feels like a more mature filmmaker. Do you think this Hollywood feels like an old man Tarantino movie? I think it does. <laughs> I definitely think it, <laughs> it certainly is more mature and it's more reserved. And it's, and honestly, 
you know the the big the big you know let's just talk about the the the, the big end scene right you know that scene uh-huh. um you know where, where people would say oh that's that's classic tarantino i you know i i don't even know that it needed to you know what i mean i don't even know that it needed to do that uh-huh. i know i feel like maybe <laughs> even that's kind of a like let's just give people what they want kind of a thing i was having fun with it just the way it was uh-huh. do you think this is his most reserved film since jackie brown Oh, I think it's certainly the most reserved since Jackie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, because I've heard a lot of critics say that they're comparing it to Pulp Fiction uh, because of the narrative style. But I think it feels more like Jackie Brown than Pulp Fiction. And, you know, I love both those films, by the way. Both those are in my top five. But I feel feel like this feels a lot more like Jackie Brown than it does Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But again, it's, it's, you know, go ahead. There's just a structure issue to this that doesn't sit well with me. I'm just curious to see how it feels after multiple viewings have you have you ever had a tarantino movie where you you've watched it and you go you know that was okay but then the more you think about it it moves up your list <laughs> you know because oh, of, yeah. of repeat I, viewings yeah for sure i mean and i would i would point to like like hateful eight for example like you know i don't really like hateful eight but but when i what a lot of what i like about it is just how much of an homage it is to the thing yeah you know what i mean like in, 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 a, in a sense, it, it elevates it beyond what, you know, just what's there. It's like, oh, well, this is the reason they did this, and this is, you know, why they did this scene. And like, oh, I totally get that. It's all a reference, you know? You know, and it's honestly so much of, so much of, so many Tarantino films, because they are all, it's all just stolen references, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. it is, it, everything is an homage. I mean, I think, I think all Tarantino films, in a, in a sense, grow on you over time because as you watch more movies, you begin to realize, like, oh, that's where he got that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, and I'm very curious. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I, th- I think when we did a Western marathon, it's been a couple of years ago now, where we watched Once Upon a Time in the West. I remember watching that and thinking, holy shit. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like, this, this was... Um, this is a Tarantino film. I mean, this is essentially a Tarantino film, but, you know, uh, so much of, of just the way he shoots films and the way he uses music and the way that he makes his character, like, that that's this movie. Yeah. You know, and then so, you know, in a way, you, you, you know, yeah, you just, as you learn more about cinema, Quentin Tarantino becomes more and more impressive, in my opinion. Yeah, and cinema is a big part of this movie. You right. know, from the, uh, the Westerns to the World War II, you know, to talking about, um, uh, uh, going to, to Rome, go, going to Italy to make, you know, spaghetti Westerns, you know? So, and that's, that's some of the stuff that I love going back on in it, you know, and watching a, a Tarantino movie, because you're learning the, the things that he wants you to learn about, you know, when it comes to cinema, you know? So I can't right. wait to just rewatch this a couple more times and see where it fits, but let's get into the third act twist. Uh, you brought it up, uh, just, you know, momentarily there, but you know, I went into this completely spoiler free, man. I didn't know what yeah. to expect from this. And I have to say, the trailers did a great job of keeping any kind of secrets, you know? Um, right. Yeah, really, yeah, really to the, keeping their cards to the chest. And I had no idea if Tarantino was going to pull an alternate history thing like he did with Django and Inglorious. I thought he would. I thought he would, but I wasn't 100% sure. So were you cool with Rick and Cliff rewriting history? Yeah. I, I mean, so I think that's really the... Okay, so first of all, yeah, I was right there with you. I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, um, is this, you know, in this story, is it just, you know, Rick and Cliff die? You know, is, so I, you know, I don't know, are they going to die? Like, are they going to, you know, um, you know, are they going to get fucking Bruce Lee and go fucking kick the shit out of Charles Manson? Yeah, you know? you don't, yeah, they're fictional characters. You can do anything with them. 
Right. You know, and, and you know, uh, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, more and more that I think about this, we, you had said earlier, you know, the, the Sharon Tate stuff maybe seems a little bit tacked on. I, I don't I don't think it, I think Sharon Tate is the point of the, of the film. Like, if you think about, you know, like what she represents in that in in the movie, you know, like she's she's just happy to be there. You know what I mean? Like she is so like excited to be in this bit part in a Dean Martin film, you know, where she's. You know, she's she's just that scene where she's in the theater and she's got her feet up, you know, on the seat in front of her, and she's just so happy to be a part of that experience. And in saving her at the end, right, or or in a, in a sense like preventing that from happening, it's like that's what that's what Hollywood should be. You know what I mean? That's what Hollywood it should always it should always stay like that. And so, like you know, and and I think he's saying you know with her death, you know. You know, things changed. Hollywood changed. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, and this movie does not hold your hand. If you don't know anything about Manson or Sharon right. Tate, you're still not going to know shit about Manson or Sharon Tate, you know? And, oh, for sure, man. And, and I'm that's... cool with that to a certain extent. You know, I don't I don't need these movies to hold your hand because I like going, you know, after the movie. And because and, this this movie here makes you want to look up stuff. At least it did for me. Right. And I'm, I'm cool with that, but it just, it really did feel like some of his movies, like you look back at Pulp Fiction, you have these different storylines going on and I feel like they all get equal story time. And it felt like uh, Charles Manson or that Colt or, you know, uh, is it Spawn Ranch? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Spawn Ranch and uh, Sharon Tate. It's, it just seemed like it was an afterthought compared to the length of Rick and Cliff. No, I, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, I don't know. At the same time, though. But it worked for you? It, I, I do see what you're saying. At the same time, though, like I, I think it. I, I will never complain about a movie that leaves me wanting more. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel, you know, uh, it's, it, there's one thing if it feels like it's missing. I don't feel like I don't feel like it feels like it's missing. It okay. just makes me want more. I don't know if I don't. It's, it's a subtle distinction. Um, I do wish we had some, you know, we had some more scenes. I don't think I think it's fine the way it is. Um, let me ask you this real quick. Did you like how the uh, the Spawn Ranch scene was was handled? Because um, one of my favorite scenes is that Spawn Ranch scene. Brad Pitt, you know, he goes to the ranch for the first time. And I love how much tension building there is there, right? Yeah. And then you get to the back and you find out that it's just, you know, um, you know, the old dude just laying in bed. And then it kind of plays as a joke. Did you, did you like that? Or were you hoping that more was going to go on at Spawn Ranch? Man, I don't know. Um, it was. It's hard to say what you know, what, what I wanted because, yeah, yeah. because again, Brad, I went into this not knowing anything yeah, about either. what was going to happen. So it was very much like I'm kind of like I really fucking don't want him to die. Like I don't want him to be like some <laughs> midsummer type shit. Yeah, right. You know, where, <laughs> uh, you know uh, I thought I thought certainly in in terms of like bringing tension to the film. It, it was great. That's definitely a turning point in the film where it's like, okay, there's the antagonist. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like that's, you know, that there's the here, we've created more tension now. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know that there's a way I wanted it to go. You know what I mean? It's, um, because the, you know, Brad, because it's, it's a film where you do go, you know, Jesus, maybe two hours without even really knowing what, what it's, where it's going. You know what I mean? It's hard to say. Well, 
where do you wish it would have gone? You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, it, it all kind of connects at the end and it's, it's, you know, if you, if you change one thing here, it's going to ripple, you know, exactly. There was, it was weird though. Cause like that scene there, I thought the tension was done so well, so yeah. perfect. But then, you know, like, you know, especially in horror movies or thrillers, I always put myself in the character's shoes. You know, maybe like we just watched Good Will Hunting. I never put myself in Will's shoes, okay? But I do in horror movies or in intense moments. And the whole time, even though there was some a lot of tension there, and I love how Tarantino like framed all this, there was moments where I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man, I was, like, I was thinking Cliff, you know, I don't care how much of a badass you are. He yeah. kept on turning around and you have all these these women, you know, and you don't know how many other people are on that ranch. I'm like you know what I wanted? I wanted him to go to that door, keep on building up that tension. Then when she flips that switch and she's like, come on in, suit yourself. He pauses and we never go to that back room and he leaves. And then we don't know if the guy is dead because I don't, I don't know. It's just one of those moments where I'm like, why are, why are you pushing this so much, dude? You're going to end up fucking in a goddamn bear suit like midsummer, you know? (laughs) But uh, did you like that scene? Did you have any problems with that scene at all? I, I can see how, you know, you said before, like, is there anything you would trim? That would maybe be a, you're right. I can maybe see cutting that off, you know, but it, 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 well, at that point, when do they go to get Tex? Is it, was it when he, is it when he absolutely goes into the room and starts talking to him? I, I think. It, no, it's actually when the guy goes to, he, he comes outside and uh, his tire's flat and he beats oh, the shit out of that guy. Beat the shit out of the guy. Yeah, and then the guy okay. changes his tire. They go get Tex, and then Tex comes down, and, and Cliff is gone. Okay. But I did love yeah, all the I tension. Be, I would be okay with that. I, I would be okay if he if he you know went up to the door and they're like, all right, well, you know, come, come on in, and then he just like, you know what, fuck it, because it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if he's alive or he's dead. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it really yeah. doesn't. I mean, I, you know, it doesn't. I was just I was just wondering if there's different ways to do that scene. But anyway, we've been on that for a while. But I'm I'm, I'm glad that he did the revisionist history thing again. Um, I'm I'm so happy because he could he could have went either way. You know, he could have killed Sharon Tate, which doesn't seem like a very Tarantino thing. You know, where we just end the movie slaughtering Sharon Tate and her friends. That does not seem Tarantino. But again, is this a more mature Tarantino film? He's actually gonna you know tell us the history. But uh, I'm I'm so glad this is revisionist only because now. In my mind, you know, he has a spiritual trilogy. I think that's cool that that Tarantino has a trilogy now, a spiritual trilogy. Yeah, yeah man. I, I honestly, I really like this movie. <laughs> um, it's 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 hard to talk, but you know, so there's so many scenes, Brad, where like when people talk about, oh, you know, this scene didn't need to be in there, we could cut this out, uh-huh. and um, the, like the Bruce Lee fight, for example. Yeah, people are shitting all over that, by the way. I know I, I, that that's the one thing I, I think I hear the mo- I hear that and I hear a lot of people talking about how they think that Margot Robbie just like you know did, did, didn't get you know didn't get the scenes that she deserved and didn't get you know I don't think I think that she I think that she did, <laughs> did, did her she's not supposed to be a main character she's just supposed to like her she's part of the story she's the heart of the story in a sense but like I don't know. It doesn't need to... Anyway, I think she did a great job, and yeah. I think she, it was fine. Can but... I add to that real quick? Yeah. I So I'm, I'm one of those ones, obviously, we've been talking here, that I think she's uh, she needed a little bit more. I don't know how much, but I do think that she was perfect casting. Um, I think you need yeah. someone who glows for us to right. give a shit about Sharon Tate. Margot Robbie glows. So I thought she was perfect casting, though. 
Yeah, and, and really, you know, that's what she's meant to be. You know, yeah. I mean, she's meant to be this glowing sort of idealistic young woman who just is, you know, she's kind of the heart of, of this, this this location, this time. Uh, and yeah, she does a, a she does a tremendous job. Um, with the Bruce Lee fight, for example, like, you, I, you need to have that scene because it, A, illustrates why cliff relies so much on on rick you know mm-hmm. what i mean like because you know he had you know his attitude on set is very like fucking it's very you know it's very whatever he like you know gets in trouble he maybe you know maybe he was gonna hurt this actor he fucked up a you know he fucked up a you know a car uh you know the fact that he's that he's like so kind of up he's he not, not up rick's ass but he's so, he's so you know on board with being rick's like dude is because he, he fucking needs him, you uh-huh. know? Uh, but also, that scene shows you that, like, you know, later when shit goes down, yeah, he, can, act, he can take care of himself. He can, yeah, he, he, can, he can fucking step up to Bruce Lee. <laughs> so, like, you know, yeah, I'm not, you know, but I also think they did a great job just with the, with the acid-laced cigarette, right, where, like, you've established that Cliff is a badass, Okay. And he could kick the shit out of these guys, so you have to completely fuck him up. Yeah. Before I, I, I love that. <laughs> I like, will so say you, I was expecting a little bit more from that because I know Tarantino likes to have fun, you know, with it with his camera and uh, having you know just right. Brad Pitt, you know, or Cliff like laced out on acid. I was thinking we would get some trippy visuals for that last scene. And I it really just did kinda, too. I, I yeah. was expecting the whole time that this would be like. Um, Natural born killers. Yeah, wouldn't that have been great? This kaleidoscope yeah. of colors and these people trying to take him on. I think that would have been a great, great moment for Tarantino just to have some fun, man, with some no, cinematography. I agree. I, yeah. So I was, I was a little bit disappointed in that. But back to the Bruce Lee thing. I think the criticisms on, on Bruce or on Cliff kicking the shit out of Bruce Lee. I think that's that shit though. Because I mean, come on, Cliff is he's he's a uh, he's a fucking written character, right? He's not real. So you can have him, he can be better than Bruce Lee, you know? It's not like, you know, so it doesn't matter, you know? He's whatever with that, man. So um, I do have one problem I want to share with you, okay? I want to see if you feel the same way, all right? Um, Now, (laughs) again, I I do, I'm really with you, dude. I like this movie, okay? But I probably just need to accept the ending and move on because I do, okay, (sighs) I do like the ending. I do. I really do. Okay. But I have one of those how it should have ended ideas in my head. Sure. Okay. I love the scene. I love the pit bull. I love the flamethrower. All of that. Right. (laughs) One of my favorite lines is probably like when the cops show up and they're like, you know, what happened? And he goes, you know, he came in saying he was the devil and he was going to do some devil shit. (laughs) That was so awesome. And then seeing DiCaprio just take out the flamethrower and torch this chick, man. I love all that, man. But I kept on thinking, man. I was like, because I wanted Tarantino just to, because we've been waiting for two hours and like fucking, what, 30 minutes to get to this point. And I would have loved, because Cliff gets like stabbed, you know, and he loses a little bit of blood. I, I forget, I've seen it twice. I can't forget if he gets shot because the, the, the ambulance comes and they take him away, you know, to take him to the hospital. But I would have loved if he would have just had the knife in his side and then he goes to Cliff, right? Or Cliff goes to fucking um, flamethrow, flamethrower wielding Rick and is like, I know where the rest of these fuckers live. <laughs> okay? And they're both laced on acid, natural, natural bone killer style, right? Or at least fucking Cliff. And then they go and they storm spawn ranch cowboy style. 
and they hang Manson by his fucking neck. Dude, that is in my head. That would have been like this glorious ending. Maybe even get, you got Bruce Lee, right? Get Bruce Lee and Stuntman Randy to help. (laughs) And just, if you're going to, okay, here's my thing. If you're going to rewrite history, why, why stop with the cult members? You know, you killed Hitler. You killed Hitler and all of his, his, his whole fucking regime in the theater in Inglorious Bastards, go fucking to the, the ranch, get in your fucking car, and go kill everybody at that ranch, and then string up Manson by his fucking neck, old western style, dude. I think that would have been amazing. Is that going too far? I'm not going to say it's... No, because I'm right there with you, dude. Like, I would fucking love that ending. <laughs> it's, you know... Can you imagine Cliff all fucking high lit up on ass and is like i know where the rest of these fuckers live <laughs> and then manson's like in a back room getting head and they just go in there and just fucking just put a noose around his neck and just hang him in the goddamn desert <laughs> that's a glorious ending dude yeah that, yeah <laughs> i'm not gonna i mean i you know i don't know if that's if that serves the <laughs> like the plot better, but it's certain, I certainly want it. Dude, you that'd be I mean? so much it's fun. It's hard to deny that that's like, would just be like the sickest shit. <laughs> well, it's like, cause you kill the slavers, you kill, you know, Hitler. Let's, let's yeah. go. Cause Manson's still out there. I know he wasn't there when, uh, when Cliff went the first time, but just rewrite it to where he's there now, you know? Yeah. And you just kill them all. But anyway, that's besides the point, man. I, I did like the ending for what it is. I was really hoping for some, you know, um, some j- a jazzy scene with him high on acid, but you know, but I did, I did like the scene. So right now I'm just kind of splitting hairs, but, um, what did you think of DiCaprio and Brad Pitt as a duo? Oh, I, I loved it. Okay. That was, that, that's the highlight of, uh, of the film really. I mean, like the first, I believe it's the first time the two of them have been together. Right. I mean, like, I think so. Had, yeah. Uh, Oh, just wonderful dude. I mean, I, I think they, they, they're, they're both incredible actors. It's, it's hard, you know, we're, we're doing awards for, um, the marathon coming up, mm-hmm. you know, and like, it's like, it's a pretty great duo, man. But like Tarantino's got such great duos. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's stocked. Um, it's, yeah, it's this fucking stacked category for sure. I, I will say this, man, you can tell DiCaprio and Pitt are having a blast. Um, I like them. Okay. I like them, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's another butt, man. Uh, like I said, dude, I have so many thoughts on this movie. Um, that's why it took me so long to get this review out. And then I called you and I was like, dude, we just got to get this shit done tonight. But I was yeah. like, I honestly like their performances. I mean, who doesn't like Brad Pitt and, and uh, you know, and, and DiCaprio, right? I mean, yeah. they got they have so much charisma. But I feel, I feel like there's better actors. Or no, I'm sorry. Okay, let me hold up. I think I feel there's not better. I feel that there's actors better suited. For these roles. Um, when I left the theater, I was thinking about Sunset Boulevard. And I was thinking about how Gloria Swanson, she was the she was the actress who played um, Norma Desmond. And she was this washed up actress in real life who played a washed up actress. You know? And that's so layered and so clever. And I was like, man, I would have loved to have seen two has-been actors get to play in this sandbox. Um, and I think something that you also love is like when Tarantino resurrects careers and then gives us, gives us something special like John Travolta and Pulp Fiction or creates sure, new roles yeah. for like Samuel Jackson or, um, uh, Christoph Waltz. And I, I think the only reason Leo and Brad are in this movie is because of box office gold. I don't Maybe, think it's because yeah. they are best for the part. Um, I think they're great. 
Okay, it's like I said, it's a Brad Pitt and it's DiCaprio. I think they're great. They're they're two of our you know, fucking last of the Hollywood men, right? <laughs> but I think uh, I think it worked. So just hear me out on this. What do you think of George Clooney as Rick and Johnny Depp as Cliff? They haven't been relevant in a long time. Put them in a Tarantino movie. I think that'd be fucking sick. Maybe. I don't know, man. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. I see what you're saying. And that's I off the top of my head. That's off the top of my head. There are actors who maybe better embody those characters. Exactly. That better embody those characters. Because George Clooney, he's not been in the spotlight. Johnny Depp's been recently. Fuck, I just watched that, uh, what is that, Fantastic Beasts, like the second one, with my yeah. wife. I was like, holy shit, what is Johnny Depp fucking doing, man? You know, Having said that, though, uh, you know, just in terms of physicality, Johnny Depp is not as imposing yeah. as Brad Pitt. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Mm. So maybe not them too, but I just think actor. there's. I think there's more inspired casting. There, there may be, but like you said, you know, these, these are two. These are two. You know, sort of the last of the old Hollywood kind of. You know, kind of. You know, kind of uh, men like they. They are of a certain age at this point. I just um, have a hard time buying DiCaprio as. Um, I have a hard time buying DiCaprio as Rick Dalton. Because, I mean, fuck, he just, I mean, he's at the top of his game. He just won an Oscar three years ago for Revenant, you know? Three or four years ago. And what's, but, uh, but, and, which was his last movie, just... by the way. Well, yeah, yeah. So I just have a hard time, like, buying that. I wish I had a um, a Gloria, Gloria Swanson, Norma Desmond type role here that we could really sink our teeth into. Right. Well, the kiss is, it, it, forget, uh, Rick is based on, is it, I've heard William Shatner and I've heard Burt Reynolds. So yeah, like, I'm not for sure. I've, I've heard both of those. You know, like in, let's say with Shatner, how, you know, he really struggled to um, make a, a career for himself after Star Trek, or it was, you know, he was so famous for being on this television show. He had a, a terrible time getting into films. You know what I mean? Because people just knew him as this one. It wasn't until Star Trek, the motion picture, uh, that he kind of broke into film with the, with the same role that he had on TV. Uh, and it's just, you know, just as I think maybe having a character that, I don't know how old Chatner was at that point, but I think yeah, he's certainly older him. than Leo. And by, and by the way, too, I'm not just beating up this movie. I had the same criticism for DiCaprio and Django, and I had the same criticism for Brad Pitt and Glorious. It's like, man, Tarantino, when he goes outside the box, I just know what we get. You know, when we go outside the box, we get Samuel Jackson, we get Christoph Waltz, you know, we get John Travolta in Pulp Fiction, you know, um, the whole cast of Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> you know. So right. I just wanted him to reach just a little bit more and give us something that we weren't expecting. Um, I think DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are just kind of too cookie cutter. Um, but with that said, I didn't hate it. You know, I really enjoy it. I'm just thinking of what could have been. I see. Yeah. But what did you think of Tarantino's uh, regular players? Uh, pretty great all around. I mean, I think Michael Madsen's in it just enough. You know I, what I mean? I'm going to echo that. Just enough. Just, just enough. A, a little bit too much Michael Madsen goes a real, a real long way. Yeah, I, did you think, uh, I think he was too much in Hateful Eight. Certainly too much in Hateful Eight. I think he's, I think, I would say he's just right in like Kill Bill as well. Yeah, You know what I, I mean? Like really just in it, you know, for a couple of scenes. Especially when um, you're looking I, at Kill Bill 1 and 2 together, he's hardly in it at all. He's hardly in it at all, yeah. right? Um, trying to think, who who else? What are some other? Uh, Did uh, Tim Roth got Tim Roth got cut, right? 
Tim Roth got cut. He, the, as, far, as I understand it, he did some scenes. He's credited at the at the end. It says, you know, you know, the gang, and he's and it, I think it literally says like cut. But he did he did do some stuff. Um, Zoe Bell, Zoe Bell's in it just Bell, enough. You know, maybe if anything, Zoe Bell fell a little just because it's, you know, you're you're always expecting it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And Zoe Bell maybe felt a little bit, you know, for, forced maybe. Because um, again, she, she did, was too oh, much. She did a great job. Because yeah, she did it's, great. She was too. She was way. She went way overboard. And well, Tarantino let her go way overboard in Hateful Eight. I thought as well. Yeah. So yeah. I thought she got. She was enough here. I did like the connection. I don't know if you noticed it, but uh, you know, she's married to Randy in this. They're both. Stu- mm-hmm. They're both stunt coordinators. And in in Death Proof, they're both stunt. You know, stunt man, stunt woman who are trying to kill each other. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of fun to see that they're married in this one. I would have liked to have seen. Um, yep, I know exactly what you're gonna say. Are you? <laughs> I think. Stuntman me... Mike. <laughs> yeah, dude, that would have been so awesome. Either Stuntman like Mike. Stuntman Randy is like Stuntman Mike's dad or something. Yeah, like, something. I thought that was. Oh, that would have been so cool, dude. So yeah, cool. Well, um, honestly, that would have been legit. <laughs> oh, that would have been <laughs> like, so legit. Um, I thought Kurt Russell was underused, man. If you get so here's a here's a movie scene, okay? You're gonna get, yeah. If you if you get to work with Kurt Russell and you just use him for just a few meaningless scenes and some narration, that's a movie scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would like to have seen Kurt Russell do. I don't know what else he would have done in this movie, you know, because it's pretty much the uh, the Cliff and, and and Rick show. But man, right. he just seems so underused. And I know, um, you know, Al Pacino's not a regular, and we're talking regulars right now. But man, this is the first time that uh, you know that he was able to work with Al Pacino, and it just yeah. seemed like such a a very insignificant role. Pretty small role as yeah. well, yeah. But I think that's that's everyone is. Oh yeah, it was sad not to see Samuel L. Jackson. No Sam Jackson, yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping that we hear that he's somewhere in there, because um, like in Kill Bill, he was just the piano player in Kill Bill Volume One, right? For sure. Uh, uh, and I think that's actually in Volume Two. Is it? Or they actually go back. Oh to the, yeah, you're right. Uh, but no, yeah, just a little, just a little bit, you know, because you do come to expect, you know, yeah, it's sometimes it feels a little forced, yeah. you know what I mean? But like, you do come to expect those things. There, also, I don't think we got a trunk shot in this film, just in terms of things that you. You expect. know, I thought about that the second viewing because there's the scene where he gets the tire out of the trunk, yep, but we, it, but we don't get yeah, the I was shot for it. Yeah, we don't get the in the in the uh, you know trunk shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. We got plenty of feet shot. You certainly got a lot of feet shot. <laughs> Dude, there's feet all <laughs> over this, man. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the soundtrack, man? The soundtrack is it's good. It's not. I would not put it in my top five Tarantino soundtracks. I think just because Tarantino has amazing soundtracks. Yeah. Uh, Sounds like, like we're gonna the agree top on this. Of my one. head, I couldn't tell you three songs on on this soundtrack yeah didn't that suck I, no but i thought they were used well no like, okay wrong like, I, I, thought, I thought that the music was done was done well you know what and that's another mature tarantino thing i think and i like them both i like mature tarantino because like you said like i think all the music was done well um but nothing was memorable if that makes sense so I, it's not yeah. really a it's not a, a negative criticism because again, I thought it was done well. It's just it's gonna sound like I'm shitting on this movie again, man. I don't want to, when I left the theater, there wasn't a scene. 
combined with music that stuck out. Not like Reservoir Dogs, like stuck in the middle, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Kill Bill, Twisted Nerve, or I forget the uh, the, the main Kill Bill song, where it's like, uh, dun, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah. I just did that horribly. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction, Jungle Boogie, um, hell, even De- Death Proof is fucking loaded. Hold tight, Down in Mexico, yeah. Chick Habit. I never felt like, you know, Hollywood didn't have the punctuation on the scenes that I come to expect from a Tarantino movie. Yeah, for sure. The, the, Tarantino often has these scenes where it's almost like a song and dance number. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and uh, now, uh, this film did have that. It, it had, um, it was, what was a commercial or something? Um, let me yeah. think about this. It's, you see it in the trailers where, yeah. where he's dancing with the girls. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you what song it was. No, neither could I. And then the, uh, the end scene, I think that the, the band's called Vanilla Fudge and it's the, it's the one where, you know, uh, Brad or Cliff is all laced out with acid and the, you know, the cult members show up. That's supposed to be a big, big song. And it's weird because a lot of music I don't know is cool. When I first watch a Tarantino movie, Tarantino shows me that it's cool. Shows me, yeah. You know, through yeah, a sure. scene. And I didn't, I didn't feel that through any of this, but I will say again that I thought the music was, it felt like 1969 Hollywood and it felt like, it was used strategically to right. to, to, to build the world. So it's hard it's hard yeah. to it's hard to explain. I like operatic Tarantino, you know, where the punctuation's yeah. there, but I also respect that he used it strategically here as well. I mean, just I think he used it in the same sense, that, like his, his world build. I mean, I mean, his literal world building in yeah. this is so good. Like when you when they're driving down like Hollywood Boulevard, it's like that's uh, insane. No, it's how nuts. good that looks. Yeah. 1969 Hollywood, they brought that to life, man. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, I think, and the music, I think, plays a big part of that and just making it feel authentic. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, is there any pros or cons, anything that, you know, we didn't bring up that you want to talk about? I think we've covered a lot. I think we've covered a lot, yeah. Um, Even the cars, yeah, man, just I, the, the I hate, set design. I hate calling that final scene, I hate calling it a, a con, uh-huh. but like, I almost feel like that final scene is kind of a crutch, you know, where like, I feel like I almost, it feels expected in, in, a, in a film that where he does a lot of things where he, they, it is mature and it is reserved to at the end give you the, I understand that it's like a big, it's a big release and it, it, because you, you build tension throughout that whole film real slow. And like up until he like chucks that can of fucking, dog food in that girl's face <laughs> like <laughs> it is an, an immediate like like i'm just like a like a, a bundle of nerves yeah. and yeah. as soon as he does that it's it's it, it i couldn't you know you were saying the music that they play in that i couldn't tell you what's because we every the whole theater was fucking just laughing its ass off <laughs> dude i was too time with that scene like i <laughs> i was laughing so hard man yeah <laughs> no that stuff is great and uh you know i know we just talked about it but i do want to go back just talking about um, that, that set design, um, something else, if, since I watched it twice and I was watching the, the cars in the scenes and man, I lost track of how many cars were actually passing each other. I don't care if they're on the interstate, if they were going down Boulevard, um, or if they were in a parking lot, he had to rent. I don't even know how many cars he rented to make that look like 1969, you know, yeah. the vehicles that were on the road. It was so impressive, man. So... There's some, there's some. I don't want to switch gears too much, but there, while we before we switch topics, 
there's just some shots. I love shots. Remember when we did um, we did Jackie Brown? We did the uh, Pam Greer Marathon. Yeah. One of my best locations was the the Cherry Bail Bonds thing from uh, Jackie Brown. The, the reason I like that location so much is that you can, as soon as you walk into it and the camera sort of just pans around, like you get a sense, even even um, when he's not there, you get a sense of who that character is. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you can tell from the location that I can't remember the character's name now for some reason. Is it Max, uh, Max Cherry? I think isn't it? Max. Max. Yeah. You you kind of know who Max is just from looking at his office. Yeah, I love just the that. pictures and on the walls a, and everything. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. Yeah, it, you get a. I and I think, in there's so many shots like that in this where like, really early on, I think when the two of the when the two of them get out of the car and it, it it's a uh, the car doors open and you, they put their feet down and like you see all the cigarette butts fall out like yeah. on Rick's side and then you know on the other side you know Cliff has like a, like a moccasin it's amazing how much just that those two shots tell you who those characters are yep. and it's just a picture of their fucking feet coming out of a out of a car I just think it's so impressive when you can tell so much about a character when they don't even have to, they don't even have to say anything yeah. just with a shot yeah. you like know you, you get a sense of who this person is let's let's close this episode out but let's end with a big question here do you want so one? Do you think people should go see this movie? And do you think do you think it's a crowd pleaser? I don't know that it's a crowd pleaser. It, it's a this is hard, man. Because like I, you know, I, do I want people to go see the movie? I want people to go see fucking most movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like you know, if he, I've heard people say you know, if you're not a Tarantino fan, you probably won't like it. If you are a Tarantino fan, you're gonna like it. I don't, I don't know, man. I think. When I try to explain to people what the plot is, they don't give a shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, there's these two actors and the Manson family. Oh, the Manson family? Yeah, but it's not like that. (laughs) And it's, you know, it's really hard to get people to give a shit about this movie. (laughs) You know, and like I was saying at the top of this episode, at least with Jackie Brown, I think everybody can get, like, behind a con, right? Or with Pulp Fiction. I think a lot of people can get behind two hitman, you know, and a boxer and right. all this. But, uh, yeah, I don't think the general, you know, movie going public. Okay. The, if you're not a cinephile, I honestly don't think it's a crowd pleaser. I don't think a lot of people will dig it unless, you know, either like you're my father-in-law and he was, you know, coming back from Vietnam, you know, <laughs> and he was digging this kind of music and, you know, he was, uh, you know, raised in that 1969 culture um if, if you're not of, of that ilk or unless you're a, a cinephile i don't think you're gonna like it like my son i don't think my son's gonna give two shits about this movie yeah you know and it's just because that yeah. uh you know it's just not as accessible i don't think uh, to a lot of people but i want people to go see it you know hell i could be surprised maybe i'm wrong about this um it did have uh, tarantino's biggest opening though I mean, that surprises me, honestly. Yeah. yeah, mine too. But I mean, fuck. I mean, that's Brad Pitt and DiCaprio. That's what you're going to get. Well, I mean, and maybe maybe that's what you were saying before. Like, why have why have Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt? I mean... That's exactly why, yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be the draw. You yeah. know what I mean? But if, that's if, what if I expect. This... That's what I expect from like a Clint Eastwood movie or a Spielberg movie. You know, I just expect a little bit more from a Tarantino movie because I know that he, like, fuck, he found Christoph Waltz, like I was saying, you know? Like, no one knew about Christoph Waltz, and I just think there's some other people out there that would really 
embody these roles. But hey, that's like I said, I really did like, you know, I, I did uh, enjoy their performances. So I, I don't want to bitch about that too much. But uh, yeah, I didn't hear a lot of people talk about this when we left a the theater. You know, when you watch a movie, like I'll never forget when I watched Saving Private Ryan in a the theater. You know, we leave and everyone's like silent. And then you get out to the, uh, uh, you know, you get out to the, uh, to the theater, you know, and everyone's like, oh my God, that's the best war movie I've ever seen, you know? Um, no one act like they give a shit. And I left a pretty packed theater. I went, uh, you know, opening night, uh, 10 o'clock, you know, nine o'clock and no one act like they gave a fuck <laughs> when they were walking out of this theater. And I'm like, that's unfortunate, man. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, at the same time, though, it's if you compare the two films, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, you're saving private Ryan yeah, yeah, ends, yeah. and a, on a very, like, you know, you're t- tell me I lived a good life. You know? <laughs> like, it's a very, like, it's very pointed. Yeah. Whereas, like, once upon a time in Hollywood is it, it, is like it ends and you're like okay I need to think about what that what I'm what I, what I need to think about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm not surprised that people aren't talking about it. Yeah, you know I heard I mean? one guy like, he was taking a piss. And he was like, man, that was fucking long. <laughs> 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 anyway, man, what do you score this movie? Uh, on like one to one to five. Yep, yeah, one to five. It's a four. Yeah, me too. And, and I know this film will grow on me, man. I'm bitching about it a little bit, man. And, uh, you know, all the other Tarantino films have, have grown on me, man. I have my issues, you know, and I think something could have been tweaked. It could have been shortened. We could have did this. We could have did that. You know, whatever. But, uh, hey, it's a, it's a new Tarantino uh, movie, dude. I had fun. Um, four out of five, man. I can't wait to see what his tenth movie is. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah, for sure. So let's let's end with that. Let's end with that, man. What do you want Tarantino's last movie to be? Ugh, gun, so gun to your dick hole. Kill Bill Three is what <laughs> the internet says, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, of the two, I want. Of the two, I want Kill Bill Three because I just. First of all, it's my favorite movie, and and second, I think that the story is not over. I think you know the the theme of revenge is that it's it's circular. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is the revenge never ends. So like you know, th- just this idea that like you know Nikki is still out, like Nikki. Has every right to want revenge on the bride for for killing her mom, and and but also like she's she's out there, she's ready to go. That you know that's perfect. Uh, we don't see what happens to Elle. Like we assume yeah. that she dies in the trailer with the with the black mamba. Dude, I want her to be a blind. Yeah, I just want her to be blind and exactly. then take take her underneath her wing as like a fucking blind master. That'd be so awesome. Yeah, as this fucking blind master swordsman takes in Nikki and trains oh. her to fight like i want that more that i mean regardless of whether or not the movie ever happens yeah that's what happens as far as i'm concerned yep, like, that, is, that is the story mm-hmm. <laughs> i agree <laughs> um and i just i just want i just want that so badly like like you know do i want a tarantino star trek film i mean like i have no idea what the fuck that would look like i have no <laughs> idea what that would look like like i'm sure i would love it i love star trek and i love tarantino did you hear what he said recently it was so funny because Simon Pegg, he came out and he was like, hey, everybody's worried it's going to be Pulp Fiction in space. Trust me, it's not going to be that. And then he was doing his uh, his press tours, you know, for Hollywood. And he goes, man, I wish Simon Pegg would shut up because it's exactly what it's going to be is Pulp Fiction in space. <laughs> dude, I don't know what the fuck that's going to be like, dude. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, man. I, wanna, I would love to see a Tarantino Star Trek because I want to see him tackle different genres and Tarantino doing sci-fi on the way out <laughs> sounds yeah. 
so fucking cool, man. Um, but yeah, See, I'm, uh, you know, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Let me tell you, the, the only thing, my only real reservation about it, Brad, is that I think that it, <clears throat> Star, the essence of Star Trek, is about like it's like it's about like in that in that future right like people have learned to work together you know what i mean like people like humanity is like inherently good in star trek we've like put away all of these evils and have worked together to like to make this massive step forward Uh and so like there are no struggles over like resources and, and 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 all that shit because like the resources are, are basically infinite. And so you spend your life learning and be being like a better person. And I, and like, that's star Trek. You know what I mean? But like Tarantino films are about people being, it's like, it's all about terrible people. So right? let, I mean, it's all about like the worst impulses. And I just don't know that I think that it fits. So let me throw you know this I mean? at like, you. What if, it's the Star Trek that you're describing, right? And they have to do some save the well shit, but instead of save the well shit, <laughs> yeah, hold on, hold on. So no save the well shit, but you know how they did the time travel stuff? For yeah. whatever reason, they time travel back to like 1930s Chicago. Right. And then we get, that's where it turns into Pulp Fiction, Star Trek, you know, uh, Pulp Fiction shit, you know? Sure. Well, and that's then, what he wants to do, right? He wants yeah. to do a couple episodes that he that he's yeah. said he wants to adapt. And I'm like, dude, now we're talking. Now it's out. And then you're getting both the the best of both worlds, you know? Right. But yeah, I'm dude, I'm I'm so down with that. Um, but I'm also like, I'm right there with you, dude. I'm a big Kill Bill fan. You know, it's my favorite Tarantino movie. And I wouldn't mind seeing a third Tarantino Kill Bill, but there's a part of me that's worried that he's gonna fucking George Lucas it. Or yeah. uh, or Peter Jackson yeah. the shit out of it, and then it just sucks, and then he just flips us off and leaves, you know. <laughs> I mean that could be true with anything. Though. Yes, right. You know what I mean? Like no matter your your expectations are going to be so high. Oh yeah. For the tenth film, no matter what it no is. No matter what. I mean he 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 has the potential to fuck up anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you know I hate to say it, man. Um, I'm glad Hollywood isn't his last film. You know, because I want I want more Tarantino, but. If he said tomorrow that it was his last, I would probably agree with him. Only because it's not my favorite. I have no idea where it's going to end up on the list. But it seems like a perfect way to go out for Tarantino, doesn't it? I I, I would be fine with it, honestly. Yeah, it, I mean, I, it's, I a, it's a love would, letter to like, cinema. It's got World War II. It's got yep. Westerns. And, uh, you know, 60s music. It's got a little bit of everything. Bruce Lee. I mean, it's like kind of a culmination of yeah, everything that he's really, been it really doing. has everything. I mean... Quentin Tarantino as a director, he really is like it's about a celebration of cinema and about Hollywood and yep. a love letter to the you know the kind of filmmaking that he that that's what this movie is yeah you know so I mean it's it's hard to say like how he could embody it any and even better, yeah. even in the sense in the end they save Sharon Tate yeah and so like that that essence that like pure joy of being a part of a film. And like of that that joy of filmmaking, like that 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 in this universe that you know that still lives. Yeah. So fuck it. You know he what might... I mean? Like that that would be a great way to end it. So fuck it. He might as well go out with a billion dollar Star Trek movie then. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, sure. I, I, you know, with all that to the side though, dude, I still want a Tarantino horror movie, dude. Like a a fucking Italian horror movie, <laughs> supernatural horror movie, dude. I want a '30s gangster movie. I yeah. do. I okay. Check this out. Tarantino said he does not consider himself a Western director unless he does three. 
I want okay. another. I want another fucking western, man. <laughs> okay, because um, I always thought Hateful Eight was just you know I, I like Hateful Eight. I like it, but it's not the western it should have been in my in my opinion. And I'm just kind of like with Django. Django's probably I have the same about the same opinion. So I want that just fucking Oscar caliber goddamn western. You know. Um, yeah, I would. Uh, I don't know because I think Kill Bill Two is a western. Yeah, I mean, it is in, in, in a in a in a story sense. In a story sense, yeah, but I, I mean, you know, he, he does kind of have three in that sense, but like, yeah, in that sense, yeah, but aesthetically, you know, um, yeah, yeah, I want a full, you know, full on western, you know, um, and hell, I would I would like to see him do. Uh, there was a I forget what the title was, but he was going to do a spy movie with um with Simon Pegg. I think it was called the Berlin Game, Berlin Match, something like that. Anyway, if you're yeah. if you're interested, Google it. Um, but dude, a spy movie. With Simon Pegg, with Tarantino, I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? You got so much more shit to do. Yeah. Oh fuck, man. I don't know what I want, man. <laughs> I, I could talk about this all night, so we probably should just close it up, right? <laughs> all right, man. All right, man. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I don't think so, man. I think my, you know, really, I I enjoyed it. I think my only real problem with it is I think that it probably relies too much on the audience knowing who Sharon Tate is yeah, and, I think and so. you know, kind of what happened at Cielo Drive. And I think people know kind of what the Manson family is, but do, do they know who the Manson family killed? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, Did you know the name Cielo general, Drive? Did you know that going into this? I was, I was, so even as, as a, as a person who likes cinema and by the, by the way, a big Marilyn Manson fan. And so because, because of that, knowing, I know a lot about Charles Manson, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I knew. I, I I think Cielo Drive rang a bell. Okay. You know what I mean? But like, I don't think I would have known. I a, didn't. Yeah. I was doing, I was, so, you know, when, um, when a new movie comes out like this, uh, you, a bunch of articles spring up about, you know, different topics. Um, mm-hmm. there's this one I clicked on and it's like, you know, uh, this, this, you know, new movies coming out, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to tell you what it is, but Hey, everyone knows what happened on Cielo Drive. Right. And I'm like, what the fuck happened on Cielo Drive? I felt like a, I felt like a dumbass. <laughs> I mean, imagine being, this is what I think, like, imagine being, you know, 20, 21 years old or whatever, and, and really not knowing who Sharon Tate is, or maybe even who Roland Polanski is. Yeah. You know, like, like let's be real. You know what I mean? Like, um, and going, going to a film and just like, that entire subplot, would mean fuck all to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I do think it maybe relies on the audiences. It, it, it expects that they would know that in a, in a time when I'm not, I'm not sure it's so obvious. Yeah. Um, it's obvious to me. I'm 35 and, you know, but whatever. But um, that's really my only, I, I feel like that could be a complaint for a lot of people. Um, you know, I, I really liked it though, so I'm I'm glad we got a chance to talk about it. Yeah, no, I'm glad we could break it down, man. Especially uh, you know two Tarantino fans. So, uh, man, I can't wait for his tenth film, though, man. I'm excited. I can't wait to you know uh, buy this on Blu-ray and just go through <laughs> all the Easter eggs, learn everything I can about it, because uh, I guarantee there's just so much um, just movie knowledge, you know, in in this. Oh, you know, it's a Tarantino sure, movie, so I yeah, I can't wait to just go over it as the as the years go by, man. So, man, where can Videoland find you? Uh, you just find me on Facebook, man. <laughs> Always posting on the page. All right, man. You can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com. We're on Instagram, but the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. You've been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, my good people, peace out, motherfuckers. <laughs>